1: Greetings, and it's meeting time. And today we're going to continue our introduction of the 11th step of recovery that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God and pray only for knowledge of His will and the power to carry that out. Last week we learned that this 11th principle draws us closer to God as we speak to Him in prayer and listen for our assignment in life through meditation. I like to think of this teaching as a deeper love affair between God and followers of Christ. Now, this love affair, it doesn't just happen. We must desire it, seek it, pursue it, and accept his free gift of salvation. I said last week, God is love, but he hates sin. And we learn in Exodus, the ultimate consequence for sin is death. And he loves you and me so much that he sacrificed his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to pay for the penalty of our sins. The Apostle John assures us that if we confess our sins, God will forgive us and cleanse us from all wickedness. The Apostle Paul promises that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen to this the desperate addict that you may be, and if you've confessed your sins and have received Christ as your Savior, you are better off than respectable people who deny their need for Christ. That's powerful, my friends. So start with this. Salvation is God's will for you. And if you're not a follower of Christ, I pray that you entrust your life to him this very day. Now, let's keep this all real. At the beginning of our journey, most of us turn to God to rescue us from the power of our dependencies and our broken lifestyle. But as we journey through our life as Christ followers and apply the first 10 principles to our life, we discover just how much God loves us. We turn to him out of a desire to be near him. We find joy in his presence and we realize that he's the stabilizing factor in our lives. Then we wait patiently, confidently, and we desire to follow him as he protects, leads, and reveals his will for us. It becomes a two-way street. We fall in love with God more and more. Now, having said that, I know some of you are having a tough time feeling the loving presence of God. You're finding it difficult to pray father your will not mine be done why is that well the reasons are many but we're going to talk about hidden secrets i gained some insights on this turn it over to god and then take it back dilemma by reflecting on the life of king david one of the most notable people in the bible From the beginning of his youth, he had been accustomed to ask the Lord directions in all his affairs. The many victories that accompanied David's life of faith, they're all recorded. David repeatedly looked to God for direction, and his reign testified to the amazing work God would do through a life seeking his will. Later, generations would receive blessings because of David's life. God's special covenant with David found its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus, the son of David. It's recorded. God will give Jesus the throne of David. He'll rule over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Amen? But then we learn of David's downfall. His self will run riot his hidden sins, his dark secrets. In the midst of his success and victories, a stealthier foe was lurking in ambush. Satan, the dog of hell, was barking in David's ears. He was blinding him with the lust of the eyes, precipitating the sins of adultery and impregnating a woman called Bathsheba and engineering the murder of her husband, Uriah, by sending him to the forefront of one of the hottest battles where death would be inevitable. And David's response to Uriah's death, it was predictable. In his hypocrisy, he tried to hide his guilt by saying, hey, in war, life or death, it's just a matter of blind chance. You talk about a Christian with secret addictions. Now, after a time of mourning her husband's death, Bathsheba married David, and his son was born. But the Lord was displeased with what David had done, and he set events and consequences that would trouble David for the rest of his life. David's tangled web of sins and secrets culminated in the near destruction of his family and the kingdom he built. But God didn't allow David's downfall to destroy the nation. In fact, after some time, he sent the prophet Nathan to rebuke David of his secret sins. And David confessed, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan told him, your sins are forgiven and you will not die for these sins. Now. Adultery and murder, they were sufficient cause for the death sentence. Why did God spare David's life? And the answer lies in his genuine repentance as he wrote Psalm 51. In his prayer, he cried out, Have mercy on me, purify me from my sins, and I'll be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. David's sins, they were heinous. But the grace of God was more than sufficient to forgive and restore him. And for the rest of his life, David continued to look for God, for strength, guidance, and to seek his will. He prayed, show me your way, O Lord, teach me your path, guide me in your truth, and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. My friends, that's an 11th-step prayer. This is what I learned. The reason you find it difficult to pray for instructions, guidance, and the path to doing God's will is because you may be hiding sins from your addictive lifestyle. In John 3, Jesus tells us, God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Just keep this real. We don't want to know God's will for us because there are areas in our lives that we aren't ready to deal with. We stay hidden in the dark shadows of this guilt and shame. Look, darkness, that could be our old friend when we're hiding our shameful and fractured lifestyle. But we need light when we're trying to journey on this path of recovery. Jesus continues, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. And to follow Jesus, that means to come out of hiding, to come to him in confession, repentance, and trust him as Lord and Savior. And as with David, Christ's blood sacrifice on the cross has such power, that it will wash your blackest sins so clean that they'll be whiter than snow. How powerful is that? Now, no doubt, when we come out of hiding, again, as with David, we're going to deal with some dirt, residue, and consequences that may involve bathing our lives with tears. But when we uncover and confess our hidden parts of ourselves, when we humbly seek God's forgiveness, there's hope for us. God will remove the taint of guilt, and he'll restore our joy. Now think about it. Who are we trying to fool anyway? We can't hide from God. He knows everything about us, even the things we try to hide from ourselves. Hebrews 4.13, it's written, no creature is hidden from God. All things are naked, exposed before his eyes, and he's the one that we must give an account. We're not confessing our hidden parts to inform God. He knows it. We're confessing the dark areas of our life so that he may transform us. And God is waiting to change us right now. That we can't expect him to work this transformation in our lives if we continue to lie to ourselves and hide in our distorted reality and hidden secrets. Listen, we live in a fallen world filled with sin and self-will, and we're constantly being tempted by the God of this secular world, Satan. And his game plan is to bark lies in our ears and blind us from following the path of God's will, as he did with David. He will defile you, taking you on a foul journey of muck and mire that leads to jails, institutions, and death. So how do we prevent this onslaught? The answer is by applying step 11 to our lives, by retreating into a safe haven, by finding a safe place to hide, which takes us to the scripture I ask you to reference, Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried to find you. I've sought you with all my heart. Do not let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. What's the psalmist telling us? Open the Bible. Hide in God's word. Studying God's word is a significant part of seeking God's will for us. In the Bible, God has left clear guidelines for how he expect you and me to live. Now, What about the power to carry out God's will? God knows we're going to get detoured on this journey of growth. So he promises to send the Holy Spirit to lead us to the promised land of recovery. In Psalm 73, the psalmist proclaims, You guide me with good counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. And like the psalmist, we need to realize that God loves us and wants the best for us, and he will guide us with good counsel, the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. I learned that our eyes, ears, and mind by which we learn earthly things are not for the reception of divine things. We can only understand his will for us by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gifts believers with spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, and a spiritual mind to obey God's marching orders. When we quit quenching the Holy Spirit by hiding, when we have eyes to see and ears to hear, he will be with you to teach you. You will see and hear him through his written word. Did you know that God has special secrets for the believer that will overpower the destructive secrets that hide within us? In Jeremiah 33, 3, God instructs us, ask me, and I will tell you secrets you do not know about things to come. As it's written in Isaiah chapter 30, he will be with us every step of the way. He proclaims, this is the way you should go, whether to the right and to the left. And when you come out of hiding, when you discover his secrets, you'll get rid of dark, defiled, morally dirt sins, and you'll be fully drenched by the light of the world, Jesus Christ. God's letters to us are a continual lamp to our feet and a constant light on our path that implants god's will for us in our mind and in our hearts so i said all that to ask you one question when are you going to quit playing hide and seek with god amen next week we'll be introducing step 12 having had a spiritual awakening as the results of these steps We try to carry the message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I want you to reference Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Amen